1: And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. Matt, I'm fired up for today. We have Bob Dugan. Yeah, chief economist from CMHC. Right, yeah. And for people that don't know, that's the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Chief economist. Like, that's a big deal. It's a big deal.
2: I mean, the CMHC monitors Canadian housing.
1: Right. And mortgages. Is that true? Yeah, it's it's the Canadian so. Mortgage and Housing mortgages. Corporation. Yeah, right.
2: Jeez. <laughs> okay, what what we rely on them for is their housing data, and, is is yeah. what I mean.
1: Yeah, and their mortgage data. <laughs> but anyways, Matt, I digress. <laughs> uh, so what we're talking to Bob Dugan today. We're really excited. We're fired up. But before we get to our interview oh, with Bob Dugan, oh, now I
2: see why you're harping on well, mortgages. yeah,
1: because you're stressing about the stress tests. Yeah. And now uh, we we should probably unpack that because there's a lot of talk about stress tests right now going on in the in the Canadian economy, but also how much it impacts the Vancouver market specifically.
2: Yeah. And we've had a lot of people ask us about this and it kind of dawned on us that this has been news for what, three weeks, maybe that in January, and we the ball. January, the mortgage rules are changing for right. uninsured mortgages, which yeah. is where you're putting 20% down or more. Exactly. And uh, this potentially could have a major impact in Vancouver. So Adam, why so don't listen you tell up. us a Even little if,
1: bit yeah. about it? Well, listen up. If you have deep pockets and you think that no no mortgage changes can affect you, these can actually. Yeah. So if you're putting 20% down or you have 20% in existing equity, you're going to have to qualify now at a new rate, which is either going to be your contract rate plus 2% or the benchmark rate for the Bank of Canada, which is 4.99%. So yeah. in current rates, you'll you'll have to do a stress test of about 5%. You're basically right? going to have to qualify at 5%. And that's huge. Yeah. That is that- actually, that's huge. So it's going to impact. So, and, It's interesting because we've talked about this before outside of the podcast and it's kind of the talk of the town where Vancouver, there's a lot of people that are gifted a large amount of money and some of the listeners out there might be able to relate to that, you know mom and dad give you, or bank mom and dad give you a, a couple hundred thousand dollars to put into your first property. And it and, basically allows you to get into the market, Well, right? exactly, you have that down payment. Exactly. Or a lot of people that have, have money on hand, um, but they don't have maybe the salary to support a large mortgage payment. These are the people that are really going to be impacted. That's right. Um, and what that means, Matt, is so like, let's just use an example of a $1 million home at a 3% interest rate, which is, you know, quite typical nowadays. That would be the, yeah, typical um, rate. Now, that borrower before had to be able to handle payments of about 3,700 bucks, call it 3,800 bucks. All right. Now it's looking closer to about 4,700 bucks. So, up about $900 on a million dollar home purchase.
2: Yeah. And that's significant, obviously.
1: That's huge. I mean, that's an extra almost a thousand bucks a month. Yeah almost a
2: thousand bucks a month. And, you know, where I really see the impact here is obviously over a million dollars, you have to put 20% down. So you have to be uninsured. And those are the folks, you know, single family homes, townhomes are going to have to do the stress test now at 5%. For sure. Also investors. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to to buy an investment property, you need 20% down. Yep. So, you know, these guys were the ones that were exempt when the stress test came in for insured mortgages, and now they're going across the board. And it actually, if you're trying to cool a market you know, of all the things in the toolkit of a government trying to, to cool a market, this is a smart one, and it seems like it's targeted specifically at markets like Vancouver, where the average prices are quite a bit higher than the, the other markets For in the sure. country.
1: For and sure. It's, and it's coming in the new year. So, uh, you know, our advice would be if you are looking, especially if you're kind of entry level in the market, right across the board, really, your borrowing power is very strong right now. That might change in the new year. Well, it is going to change. So, Well, yeah, it will. Yeah. Well, sure. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah, it's going to change in the new year. So get in touch. We can connect you to a mortgage broker. Get make sure you figure out how much you can afford and get shopping because uh, it's there's good inventory out there right now. It's and, not. It's not. And there's bad. opportunities. So yeah. uh, get
2: in touch. Speaking about getting in touch, we've had a lot of people reach out recently. Um, You know, signing up to PCS and then getting in touch about, hey, we're looking specifically for deals. What do you think is a good buy right now? And we thought the easiest way to do this is we're going to do a monthly, you know, we do a weekly uh, mail out. But once a month, we're going to have the deal of the month.
1: Deal of the month. Yeah, and that can be in greater Vancouver in general. So if you're not interested in the Vancouver-specific market, don't worry, we got you covered right across the board. Join over 17,000 people that are currently on our mailing list and that list is growing at all the time. If you're not on that, you're basically standing still while well, the rest of us are power <laughs> Wait a walking second, by. We've, we've, we've already we've branded PCS that way you can't do. <laughs> I'm, we're I'm, working on the branding. Matt, yeah, exactly. But anyways, join, a, join our newsletter because there's going to be deals. There's so much information. Get kept up to date with new podcasts and we're constantly putting stuff out to our mailing list so just make sure that you're on that list if you want to find out more and the best information about vancouver real estate go to com. okay matt but let's get to our interview with today's guest chief economist of the cmhc bob dugan enjoy guys Okay, so we're here with Bob Dugan, Chief Economist for CMHC. How are you doing, Bob? Very good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, great. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, My pleasure. So, Bob, can you maybe start by just telling us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Well, so I'm Chief Economist for CMHC. I've been doing this job for about 14, almost 15 years now. Uh, So I have a Uh, a long career of working at CMHC, but also uh, a bit in the private sector, as well as other government departments. So, um, you know, I've I've been around uh, sort of government and private sector over, over, I guess, the 24, 25 years of my career. Wow.
2: So, Bob, you're a student of Canadian real estate. What are your thoughts kind of generally on the Vancouver real estate market as it exists currently?
0: Well, that's a great question. And in terms of the the Vancouver market, I mean, we obviously look at it very closely, and and the Vancouver market is one that has has experienced some fairly strong price growth in recent years, and it's one of the higher-priced markets in Canada. And so it's one that that we look at closely. Uh, We look at a number of markets, though, and maybe a starting point is if we talk about our housing market assessment. This is a tool that we've developed over the years here at CMHC to try to identify imbalances in housing markets. And the reason that's important is that we care about housing market stability. And so it's important to talk about imbalances when we see them, because hopefully when people hear about where our concerns are, they can make, you know, informed decisions and that will help sort of minimize the um, the possible downside of an imbalance getting too large. And so with that background, you know, if we, if we talk about the, the Vancouver housing market, it's certainly one of those markets where we've seen some imbalances. And so In particular, if we look at overvaluation, and then overvaluation is when we compare the level of house prices to what can be supported by fundamentals in the market. So things like uh, personal disposable income, mortgage rates, population growth. What we're finding in Vancouver is prices are higher than what can be explained by these fundamentals. So there's a certain amount of overvaluation. And so it's important to communicate that to people so they know our thoughts on on that as well and so uh, other imbalances uh, we see some price acceleration in the market for vancouver now price acceleration is a part of our housing market assessment and it's an indicator that points to the possibility that there's some speculative activity that may be pushing and supporting house prices and pushing them higher so again that's a concern we have and we like to talk about to make sure people are aware of that risk uh, around the fact that there could be invest some speculative investment in the market because, of course, speculation can, you know, if sentiment changes lead to, um, you know, if those speculators pull out of the market, that can lead to sort of accentuated correction in house prices. And so we want to make sure people are aware of, you know, the, the possible presence of acceleration in the market. So these kinds of things are items we look at for the Vancouver market to come up with our overall assessment, which says that we have some, you know, evidence of imbalances in the um, in, in the Vancouver market.
2: Fascinating. So we've had a lot of people, you know, I, I don't know how, how closely you follow local media, but there's kind of a contingent in Vancouver that's been talking about a bubble for maybe the past 10 years or so. And the fundamentals, presumably, uh, if I understand what you're saying correctly, don't really make sense. Has, has Vancouver ever made sense?
0: So, for a long time, Vancouver has been uh, a more highly priced market than 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 say you know ottawa or or many other markets around the country so in a sense when 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 you look at overvaluation and and or house prices when you're estimating the relationship between some of these fundamentals like uh, income and 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 mortgage rates the relationship that we get is a little bit different for Vancouver than it is for say a city like Ottawa because you know there's a history in Vancouver of supporting that higher price level with a given level of fundamentals so our analysis is targeted in that sense where we actually do the estimation on a on a lo- on a very specific local level oh, using local variables to to try to support it so but that doesn't change the fact that Vancouver is a place that has had a a, a, a long history of being higher priced in many other markets in Canada, but it wasn't always overvalued. And so the overvaluation, I don't have the exact date in front of me, but, um, you know, even over the, the history that we've been publishing HMA results, um, you know, there was a time since 2014 when we started publishing this where Vancouver wasn't seen as overvalued. And so, um, but right now it is. And and that level of overvaluation right now in Vancouver is at that highest level. We basically look at it as a green-yellow-red scale, where green is the lowest level of concern, uh, yellow is a moderate level of concern, and red is a high level of concern. And the overvaluation concern now in, in Vancouver is at what we would call a high level.
1: Okay, so can you maybe unpack that a bit, Bob?
0: Well, the main reason that we sort of get concerned about these things is because we care about promoting housing market stability. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, from my perspective, the folks that I work with here in the Market Analysis Centre at CMHG, what we can do to help promote um, housing market stability is to put information out there, and so if we are telling homeowners or so potential home buyers, uh, lenders, so financial institutions that lend money to home buyers, we're telling home builders, everyone that's involved in the housing market, if they read our reports and they're aware of what concerns we have, that helps inform the decisions that they make. So um, if we turn away from Vancouver right now, because Vancouver has a very low level of supply, but if you take other markets, say for example Calgary, where we're more concerned about overbuilding. Um, So, you know, the the level of of completed and unsold homes is very high there. So one of the messages we might have to builders is, for example, you know, if you do see sales coming through your door rather than starting new units, you might want to channel those sales towards units that are already built and manage those inventories because overall in the CME, those inventories are high. So we always try to have messages like that with meaningful sort of interpretations of the data so folks know uh, or, or, or can sort of take that into account and their decisions. And so, um, you know, the overbuilding in Calgary is an example where we might have a message uh, about this, uh, the level of supply. In Vancouver and Toronto, which are two markets where they, they resemble each other in the sense that they're both being flagged for having overvaluation, they're also both being flagged for having price acceleration. So our, our message to homeowners in those markets is price acceleration is something that can be consistent with speculative demand in the market. And so if you're buying a home, make sure that home is in line with your needs and make sure you're sort of aware of the risks and have some idea of what the outlook for house prices could be like in these markets, because you know, there is this speculative demand presence, and so we're always trying to get that information out there And in order to help promote stability so people know the risks, people know um, where the imbalances are, and people can hopefully, you know, make better decisions, and those imbalances don't get too large, because the larger the imbalance, um, the less likely of a smooth correction, right? So we, uh, ideally, we'd like these things to unwind in a very smooth way without any kind of significant price correction and supply and demand get back in balance, and, and and everything kind of works out in a, in a nice smooth way. Um, when imbalances get too big, that becomes less likely. And so that's why it's important for us to talk about the imbalances and make sure the market's aware.
2: Fascinating. So you wrote a, a piece a little while back in McLean's. It was kind of taking on the foreign buyers tax and you made a fairly strong case for supply. Is supply in Vancouver a key tool for taking care of this sort of speculative activity that you're talking about?
0: Well, that, that's a very interesting question relating supply like you did to speculative activity because in supply-constrained markets, if home builders aren't able to increase the supply of housing when demand is strong, then what usually happens in those kinds of markets, and this is fairly basic economics, is that prices go up. And so in an environment where you have supply-constrained markets, speculators can often see house prices is a one-way bet so that can encourage price speculation in the market so that's a, it's an interesting point and 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 it's something that we're aware of and uh, but i think supply is an important part of the solution because you know vancouver is one of those places and toronto's in the same boat where the local economies are very strong so so vancouver is generating a lot of job growth a lot of full-time job growth this is attracting people to 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 take advantage of some of these job opportunities and so when you have growth in, in home ownership demand because of a strong economy, if at the same time that housing supply isn 't able to expand to accommodate that extra demand, you get price pressures and so supply, I think, in the context of having a, you know a, a strong local economy and the particular sort of inflexibility of supply in vancouver, i think making that supply more flexible would be key um to um to helping alleviate some of the price pressures and maybe just anecdotally i would say vancouver and toronto are increasingly becoming world class cities and so when you compare to other World-class cities. For example, if you go and you look at the island of Manhattan, there aren't a lot of single-family homes on the island of Manhattan. There's a lot of higher-density housing, and I think in places like Toronto and Vancouver, down the road, as land prices continue to rise, um, you know, the price per, per square foot of land in Toronto and Vancouver have increased quite a, a lot in recent years. And when and and uh, like a characteristic of markets like Vancouver and Toronto that are supply-constrained is that land uh, it accounts for a much larger share of total house prices. And so, just to throw a statistic at you, in Toronto and Vancouver, land accounts for about 80% of the price of a home. In Montreal, it's more like 30-35%. And so, in markets like Montreal, house prices are much more driven by the costs of the lumber, the cost of the the labor, you know, the, the materials used to build a home. Whereas when you have those land constraints. What ends up happening is those prices of houses, because land is such a big component, isn't so much tied to the raw materials for constructions. Well, it's tied to that to some extent, but a much more important driver is land prices, which tend to react to macroeconomic conditions. And so when you have strong employment growth, when you have low mortgage rates, these kinds of conditions can put a lot of upward pressure on demand and drive those land prices even higher. And so when the price per square foot of land goes up, single-family homes, of course, get much more expensive to build because they have a large footprint um, for, for the number of people that can occupy that, that that amount of land. And so higher density, like condo construction, increases or, or, or spreads out that sort of cost per square foot of land amongst more homeowners and makes housing more affordable. So I think it's increasing the, the ability of supply to respond, but also increasing the density of housing is going to help Uh, People cope with the higher land prices that we're observing in these centers because I think those land prices are are one of the key drivers of the increase in the price of homes in both Toronto and Vancouver.
2: Mm -hmm. So, one of the things we've been talking about uh, quite often on this show is increased density, and there's a real push kind of across the board for density uh, in the city of Vancouver and, and in metro Vancouver more generally. But if present trends continue, that is, if we can't get a hold of this density question, what do you see the next couple of years look like in the Vancouver market?
0: Right. So we just recently updated our forecast for, for the housing market, and, and Vancouver is a part of that. And a key part of the forecast for Vancouver is that because of the high price of land, uh, which drives sort of a wedge between the prices of single-family homes and and, and, and higher-density homes, we're seeing a transfer or a shifting in demand. And uh, there's a shift in demand towards more expensive housing towards less expensive housing. So when you look at things like condo apartments, um, semi-detached homes, those sorts of things, um, there's much more, the, the, the market conditions are much tighter in this part of the market because that's where a lot of the demand is going now because these houses are more affordable. And we're seeing more kind of the almost uh, buyers' market, can, not quite buyers' market conditions, but more balanced conditions in the single-family home part of the market, and so right. that is that is slowing growth in average prices going ahead because the mix is going to have more high-density housing than than single-family housing in the mix. And so when you look at average prices, that average price growth is slowing. But underneath that, what you're seeing, if you just look at individual types of housing, we're seeing very, very strong growth for things like condo apartments and semi-detached homes. And so while the mix is changing, there's still a lot of pressure in these more affordable housing types. And so when you look at those more affordable housing types, I think we're going to continue to see some upward pressure on prices because that's where the demand is shifting as people cope with this increased price per square foot. And I think as long as land supply supply issues are there, that price per square foot of land is going to continue to increase. And what happens is that forces the market to create adjustments in what kind of homes are built. So right now, Toronto and Vancouver Uh, The price per square foot of land is still relatively cheap compared to cities like Hong Kong, New York, Boston, uh, San Francisco. They have much higher prices per square foot of land, but the gap is narrowing, and as the gap narrows, I think decisions about density will be almost dictated by the market looking ahead.
2: Uh, interesting, just one more question if you have a a minute here. Sure. I'm just kind of more interested in how if you guys are focused on you know local markets but also generally speaking at a national level, can you just speak to a little bit more how Vancouver's an outlier if it is, and how you kind of adjust your metrics for Vancouver specifically. <laughs>
0: well it's not so much about adjusting the metrics for vancouver in that it's at like so for example if we look at our housing market assessment tool the thresholds you know so so if we look so our housing market assessment tool has four different um factors that we take into account so we we look at overheating which is a balance between supply and demand in the existing home market we look at price acceleration which as i mentioned earlier is an indicator of possible speculative activity in the market we look at overvaluation comparing house prices to fundamentals and overbuilding. And so when you look at each one of these four factors individually, you have sort of the level of your indicator, and you have some sort of threshold that indicates whether you're kind of getting out of line with or if an imbalance is is developing. Those thresholds are unique to each centre. So the threshold for Vancouver for over... Heating or for overvaluation will be different than the threshold for uh, Halifax. And that's just so that's how we sort of adapt the metrics to individual markets as we're evaluating. Vancouver relative to its own past as opposed to evaluating Vancouver relative to other markets in the country that have, has historically had a different relationship with, with the fundamentals. So that's, in a sense, how we adapted as we, we really look at the, the, um, the history of Vancouver to evaluate current levels of these metrics as opposed to maybe comparing it to a national average. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that, that, yeah that does.
1: That makes sense. No, thanks very much. So, Bob, maybe we'll leave it there. But how can people find out more about CMHC and uh, some of these reports you're you're pointing to? Well, you know.
0: Uh CMHC has a website, and if you look under housing market information, a lot of these publications are free to download. So our housing market outlook, our housing market assessment are all free reports. So if if, if someone has an interest, they can download these. And as I mentioned, the housing market assessment we publish it for Canada, but we also publish individual reports for 15 different centres across Canada. So if you're really interested about Vancouver, for example, you know we have about a 10 page report that really digs into the details on Vancouver in much more detail, for example, than the national level publication would. So if you have a, so, so your uh, listeners can always go to our website, download the information on whatever market they're interested in and it's free of charge.
2: And, and we'll link to that in our show notes. So, so thanks so much, Bob. We really appreciate your time today.
0: No problem. Have a nice day. You
2: too. Take care. Bye now. Bye. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Bob Dugan, chief economist from
1: CMHC, really interesting insight. Uh, really bright guy. Eh? Can just uh, he summarized exactly what you wanted to hear about the Vancouver market and CMHC's role.
2: Yeah, really interesting stuff. And and you know what
1: the the interesting thing for me there, I mean, there was
2: a thousand things, but the thing that really got me thinking was we're always talking about how the politics of density has kind of shifted, right? And Bob's point that it's actually you know it's market driven uh, it makes and, a lot of and, you sense. Know, I don't want to be too economically determinist about it
1: but uh yeah that does make a lot of sense one of the interesting things that came out in his article that never came out in our conversation with him was that every house is torn down in vancouver and this is this goes to kind of more to the point about that we're not doing a great job in increasing supply so here's the stat for every home that's torn down in vancouver it's replaced by five homes yeah that makes sense in Montreal, every house that's torn down, it's replaced by 30 homes. In Toronto, every home that's torn down is replaced by 20 homes. Yeah. So Vancouver is. is is really like for a city that everybody is screaming, we need more supply, it's not doing a very good job. Well, Vancouver creating, is creating at, supply.
2: Yeah, if if people are talking about crisis mode, I mean, Vancouver has apparently been in crisis mode for years now. And in a, and worse the crisis, a worse crisis than any other city, yeah. and yet we're not producing, well, exactly. I mean, one-sixth of the supply of Montreal, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It yeah. doesn't
1: make sense. We need supply.
2: So Anyway, uh, there's a couple more things here, but we do want to announce who won the
1: last uh, review drive. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have it in front of me. I,
2: I have it in front of me. It was a random draw, but as it was Hapty, H-A-P-T-Y. And I want to just read you a quote from some- I think it that's, a, a, that's
1: a misspelling of happy because they're podcast listeners.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, it, so it says- boo fan, Fantastic podcast. <laughs> turn off his mic fantastic <laughs> podcast five-star review this is what Hootie? one of the, the hapti the host duo are dynamic and i
1: love adam's baritone voice well maybe that was turn my mic back on Brandon. that was that was literally wait, wait. so if you're a dynamic duo yeah. who's who's batman and who's robin well i think uh i think uh, hapti just feel, settled it
2: yeah i think i'm robin guys Her
1: <laughs> Herc. <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah. well, very nice. Happy. Yeah. So get in touch, Happy. Yeah, we're happy for you. Yeah. Um, so we are now moving on, Matt, to our next review drive. So go to wherever you listen to the podcast, leave a review. The next seven, because we've already got three entered into the next draw, is going to get an amazing surprise, just like uh, our friend Hapti just won. Yeah, we appreciate you reaching out. Yeah, so Matt, and also just quickly here, we've got our our good friends over at Junction Media who have have created an amazing opportunity for realtors. So real estate agents that listen to this show that need help with their social media, these guys are great. Basically, what you do is you go to real dash social You sign up, and just because you heard it on this podcast, you will get twenty percent off of training. It's happening when Matt? It's
2: happening November twenty first. We should point out last podcast. I think we said it was at the Opus
1: Hotel, right? I think it's actually Blue at it's the blue, blue Hotel. I think you said it was Blue last no, week. We did, did you say did, Opus? Yeah, you, said blue. you said Blue. Where? Okay, where? I must
2: have just had a dream about that. I was I, I was, yeah. was going to call these guys and apologize.
1: How self-absorbed are you dreaming about <laughs> yeah, your, it's dreaming a, about your my voice ego. on the podcast? I can podcast. hardly get through the door here. Good Lord. All right, anyways, yeah, so go to real-social.ca. Sign up for Junction Media's uh, incredible course. Yeah, click the banner and, at the top. Thanks, Galena, when you do it. Absolutely. But Matt, now, finally, 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 PCS. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we have had- Hundreds of people sign up. Yeah, it's been overwhelming. There's been so much positive feedback. So if you haven't signed up for PCS while well, you're standing still, while well, the rest of us are power walking by. That's right. So head on over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Click the orange button. It's the center button if you're colorblind. And uh, it says actually private client services. So if you can't read, it's orange. If you can read, <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's written there. So anyways, go there. You, you shouldn't be able to miss it. Uh, Sign up for PCS. You're going to get listing updates about 36 to 72 hours before the general public or public searches like MLS. You're also going to get sold prices so that you can actually track what the market's doing. And it's awesome. It's 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 the
2: best real estate research tool out there. And we have access to other ones. We've tried other ones. This one's the best. The feedback is constant. Yeah. So that's a wrap. If you want to get in touch with me directly, this is Matt Speaking, seven seven eight eight four seven two eight five four or Matt at Vancouver
1: Or you can try me, Adam at seven seven eight eight six six four five seven four or Adam at Vancouver And D? Braden at scalina Every that, time is and different. It, and it's and that's How many and that's, a tricky, that's a tricky spelling. I have about fourteen more emails. Well here, hang on a second, Braden. How do you spell your name? B-R-A-Y-D-E-N. That's, he, that's yeah. the why that gets Nobody you. Nobody contacts yeah, Braden know me anyways. You anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Anyways, guys, have a great week. Take care.
0: Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
1: Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419.
2: We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy